Hello, I'm Connor Pope, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, will COVID-19 booster shots bring the crisis under control? And how and when does it all end? Simon Carswell is the Irish Times public affairs editor and has been covering this story since the very start. Simon, can we start with Neffet? In its view, where are we now when it comes to the fight against COVID? Well, in Neffet's view, we're very much in the midst of a fourth wave of the coronavirus pandemic. If you look at the figures and where we're at now, we've been over 3,000 daily cases for the last week, and that's up about 50% uh, on the previous week. Hospital numbers were in and around the 500 in hospital mark, which has kind of been bumping along that figure for about a week or so. Um, And then the numbers in ICU, again, have been around hovering around the same figure of between 70 and 90. So the figures in terms of hospitalizations are quite stable. But what's what's left us in a kind of strange position at this point in the pandemic is is these, there's uncertainty. There's uncertainty around the effect of the vaccines and waning immunity. There's uncertainty around the benefits that the booster program is bringing. And where previously Neff had said, told government late last month in October, they said, we're expecting this to peak kind of around mid-November. And what they've said since then is, is that we don't really know uh, when it's going to peak because the cases remain to be so high. And what's adding to the uncertainty is previously they would have said in earlier waves of the pandemic, you're talking about for every thousand cases, 35 to 50 people would end up in hospital. But it's not at that level now because of the benefit of the vaccines. But they're not really sure what might happen because the case numbers keep bumping along at a very high level. And how does the government view the state of play at the moment? Well, the government, like Neffet, it should be stressed, they don't want restrictions. They don't believe we're in a place to reintroduce a lockdown or, or any further restrictions, but they would be concerned at the high level of cases. Across the wider community, like there is this definite frustration and impatience that the end of the crisis doesn't seem to be in sight yet. Is that mood shift amongst the general public likely to shape how those in power are thinking as we head towards Christmas? Well, I think there's definitely a sense of frustration out there that people thought, well, you told us to get vaccinated. We got vaccinated. 93% of the adult population have been vaccinated, which is a phenomenal success rate for the vaccination program. So you can understand why the public would be frustrated that having followed that advice, case numbers are still rising and they're still being told to take all these public health measures. Uh, So that will feed into the frustration. But we're approaching Christmas where there's obviously much more socialising. Cases are still extremely high running into November and Neffet have said they're very worried about that. That's going to be a challenge to get that down to a level that they're comfortable with as we head into that very busy Christmas period with socialising. So very uncertain time, a lot of concern out there, and it's to look towards what can we do? What are the tools available to us to suppress this fourth wave? One of the main tools that people are talking about is boosters, and they're being rolled out already for some groups of people as their immunity against COVID-19 starts to wane. You've spoken to a couple of experts for us to help us make sense of these questions. Those experts are immunologists Dr Christine Losher of Dublin City University and Professor Kingston Mills of Trinity College in Dublin. We'll hear from them in a minute, but first, can you set the scene around the booster programme? Why do we need boosters? Well, we knew that the vaccines were very effective against severe disease, and that's still the case. They're holding up very, very well against severe disease. So if you do get COVID 
and you have been vaccinated, you are very unlikely to end up having to go into hospital, uh, which is a very good thing and, and, and really points to the success of the programme. But there is waning immunity and the scientific evidence is there that immunity starts waning from between three and six months. It goes from initially about 95% down to 50. And the view is that boosters brings it back up again. We spoke to immunologist Professor Kingston Mills. Yes, there's very good data that has come out of Israel recently and also some data from the US showed that the efficacy of the vaccines, that was the Pfizer vaccine in Israel, dropped as low as 50% after six months. But that was boosted back up to 95% when they gave a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine. So in in Israel is really working the boosters. Also some evidence coming out of the UK and the US showing that you can really enhance the antibody response by giving a third dose of the vaccines, not just in older people, but in all age groups. So if people do get booster shots, do we know how long they'll be immune from COVID-19 as a result of them? Well, the early evidence would suggest that the benefit of the booster doses could be longer than the primary vaccination doses. We spoke to Christina Losher about that very issue. The latest research has shown that when it comes to boosters, that the boost from the third dose is so good that it's likely that it's going to last for the next couple of years. Um, But so it's going to last probably longer than the first couple of doses that we've had. So there's very kind of positive indications that if we boost now, we will be covered into the future. I suppose the key question is, is, is whether or not we'll be covered if new variants arise. Who's eligible for the booster shots today? Right now, the booster program is focused at the people who are most vulnerable. These are the people who potentially, if they catch COVID, could end up in hospital. And that's everyone over 60. Um, that's people with uh, weakened immune systems, and that includes people under 60. And then most recently, healthcare workers have been included. So in all, there's about 1.3 million people in the population who are currently being targeted for booster programs. It's been rolled out already to the 80 plus that's underway uh, and now they're moving down through the different age groups the younger age groups the 70 pluses the 60 pluses um, and the healthcare workers then are the most recent group to be added do experts like kingston mills think that a broader booster program is a good idea yes people like kingston mills have said that yes boosters are the way to go the approach we need to do is to boost everybody i mean we already see the benefit of boosting in the, in the nursing homes because the the start the numbers started creeping up again in the nursing homes uh, um, a month or two ago, and they went in and boosted, and now the numbers have dropped again. You know, if, if the authorities here just get on with it and, and boost and agree to boost everybody, I think that would be a big additional benefit. We know that the booster shots work, and there's a huge amount of data internationally suggesting that they really increase the effectiveness of the of the vaccines. But there seems to be a real reluctance to simply roll out booster shots to everybody in Ireland. And they've done that in Israel and then in the UK, boosters are being given to everyone over the age of 50 if they want it. So what's behind the reluctance in Ireland to move faster on a wider booster programme? Well, that's a good question. And it's from government's perspective, they find it difficult to understand why the scientific and public health advice isn't to roll out the booster programme more widely. And I think there's a frustration to a degree in government that we're not moving faster to roll it out to more of the population. There was some frustration in government at the very slow decision that was taken by the National Immunisation Advisory Committee not to roll out uh, to frontline healthcare workers more quickly, given the huge numbers of staff in the health service who are out sick as a result of COVID. But on the other side, there is a reluctance to make a quick decision without looking at the scientific data 
to to roll out a third dose to uh, more of the population. NIAC has to bear in mind other considerations. It's a major health decision and public health decision to tell uh, government we recommend that you give a third dose. So while the international evidence might might exist, they have to look at the data as it affects our own population. They have to look at the effect of if we agree to immunise um, populations. And of course, you know, looming over all of these kind of decisions is that we live in a very litigious society. We've seen in the past decisions have been taken to vaccinate people and those vaccin- vaccines have resulted in issues for the people who have taken them. Thankfully, the number of adverse side effect cases in uh, the COVID-19 vaccines are very, very small relative to the huge number of vaccines that have been given out. But the view in government is it's really just a matter of time before the decision is made to roll out the vaccines to a much wider part of the of the population. And what about Neffet, who advised the government? Where do they come down on boosters? Neffet is wanting to go slow. They believe that public health measures are the way to go. And Philip Nolan, who's chair of Neffet's modelling group, he said, do you really want to remedicate a whole population? Is that appropriate when, it, as a substitute for public health measures, such as wearing masks and public transport? And of course, it's not all about boosters because there's a lot of talk in recent days about vaccinating the over fives because there's a huge cohort of children who haven't been given access to the vaccines at all. Is that likely to happen in the days and weeks ahead? Well, it's definitely going to be looked at. And I think the view in government is that it's not going to happen this year. It may not happen until next year. But if you do look at the figures, some of the highest case numbers are in that five to 11 age group in that uh, a population of primary school going children. So that is a very large pool of unvaccinated people, children. And Neffet has said this repeatedly and public health doctors have said this repeatedly, that there's very low transmission rates in school, but we have seen very high transmission rates in households. So certainly there are households spread, there's a household spread of the of the virus that will be suppressed if you do vaccinate that very large pool of young people who are currently unvaccinated. I think that'll have a massive impact in that we do have at the moment about a million kids that aren't vaccinated and, and it is impacting in terms of the virus this winter is going to ping pong around groups of people that aren't vaccinated. And, and that's that's going to be a real breeding ground for the virus this winter, particularly as we move more indoors. So I think that's a really important move. I'd like to see NIAC come out quite quickly after the EMA decision um, with an approval so that parents can have that choice. Of course, boosters and vaccines for children are all great as long as they work, but already the vaccine's effectiveness has been reduced by the emergence of new variants. Have we got a plan for what happens if a new and even worse variant appears? As the virus evolves and changes, there'll be a requirement for the vaccines to change. We spoke to Christine Losher about the developments in the field of vaccines. Messenger RNA vaccines are really um, flexible. Okay, so essentially it means that it's actually easier to tweak that vaccine um, than it is to make a whole new vaccine. They have tried to put a system in place where if a variant arises, they can tweak something very quickly and go into mass manufacture. So what they're doing at the moment is showing that they can tweak their vaccines to directly target a particular variant. And I think that that will give us a lot of reassurance as we, you know, further into the pandemic um, where new variants might arise. As well as the vaccines that have been rolled out, there are other treatments coming down the tracks, particularly one from Pfizer. Do we know where we are with those treatments and when they might be available? 
Well, those treatments are definitely a, a tool and a defense against COVID. Leo Varadkar's called them a new weapon in our armory, and he's right about that. They're still some time off. They've yet to get regulatory approval. Merck's pill has been given the green light in the UK, but it's still being reviewed by the European Medicines Board, which we have to wait for approval from before it can happen here. And Pfizer has said it hasn't sought regulatory approval for its antiviral drug yet. So it's, I think, a case of months rather than weeks away. But it's definitely something that's there that can be used. If you look at it, vaccines are there to prevent us getting severely ill. And the antiviral drugs are there as if we do get ill, they're there to protect us again against severe illness. So it's, again, another way of fighting COVID and another way of, of, of living with COVID and getting back to some current kind of normality. They're going to be a really useful tool um, in terms of people who haven't been vaccinated for certain reasons. They're going to be great for um, children who haven't been vaccinated yet because it hasn't been available to them. They're also going to be really good for people who have been vaccinated, maybe have an underlying disorder and are unlucky enough to get COVID and potentially might be looking at complications because they have an underlying disorder. Um, Somebody maybe who's older, for example, or somebody who has a chronic condition. So they're going to be a useful addition. I think the most important thing here is that they're not going to be a replacement for vaccination um, because they're not going to control case numbers. They're not going to um, give us any long-term coverage. They are going to be treating an acute infection So I think they're a good additional tool, um, but I don't think they're a replacement for vaccination or anything else that we're doing at the moment in terms of guidelines. I know that we haven't pre-ordered any of these drugs, unlike other countries who have already placed orders for these antiviral drugs. Do you think that decision might come back and haunt us at some point in the future? Well, I think past experience has shown that if you don't get out ahead uh, of of these kind of issues, uh, you could eventually have a problem. I think the production of these things, though, and the vaccine experience has shown us that once production starts, it can move quite quickly. Um, I think the concern would be that, you know, that we get out ahead of this and that we make sure that we get enough orders in in time. Again, we kind of have to move as quickly as the European Medicines Agency moves. So we have to wait until that approval comes in before we can start placing orders. We have all these measures in place against COVID. We have the vaccines, we have the vaccine passes, we're introducing antigen testing in schools, people are wearing face masks, there's the social distancing. Do you think all of these measures taken together will be sufficient to stop the reintroduction of more severe restrictions on our movements as we head towards Christmas? I think so, but restrictions cannot be ruled out if cases go to a level that, yes, there's a huge proportion of the population is vaccinated, but in greater numbers, uh, if there are cases rising, then there will be a percentage of people who get ill. Saying that, the boosters will protect against the people who are most susceptible to getting very ill. So that, that's a means to protect uh, against um, uh, large-scale sickness across the population. I think that we are going to have to live with COVID and all those measures will be required. Um, I think there's a realisation now, and it's it certainly has come into play with the fact that there's the far more transmissible variant, the Delta variant, and that's kind of changed things. That Where we previously had thought, oh, once we're vaccinated, that'll fix everything. That's not the case anymore. Like you're seeing amongst new cases, 45% of new cases are amongst vaccinated people. So this virus and through the Delta variant is spreading amongst the vaccinated population, which is why all those measures are required. If the cases get to a level that 
uh, it shows that the virus is out of control in the community again, even with vaccination, there may be some measures required. But right now, NEFID isn't going there. The government isn't going there. They know the effect that restrictions have had on people's lives over an 18-month period, and they don't want to return to that. So they want to use every other measure possible. Dr. Tony Holland, the state's chief medical officer, has said that there is no one magic solution to this when I asked him about boosters last week. And the key to this is all of these measures um, collectively will help us live with COVID um, and hopefully try and get back to some sort of normality with this pandemic. And one of the big talking points of recent days has been the level of compliance in restaurants and pubs when it comes to checking the, the COVID passes. And I think a report from the ESRI said there was something like a third of restaurants and pubs hadn't checked those passes. What's happening there? And do you think I was do you think it matters? Given that so many of us are vaccinated, does compliance when it comes to restaurants and pubs really matter all that much? Because there must be only a tiny percentage of the people who would be trying to go into pubs or trying to go into restaurants who would be unvaccinated. So is it just a box ticking exercise? I don't think so. Again, I think it's another tool that you have to have um, measures in place to make sure that vaccine certs are checked. Uh, if you look at some of the data that's come out, Neffet said that uh, last week, that the previous weekend, one in four people did not have uh, their vaccine certs checked in pubs and restaurants. So there is a concern there. And you had Stephen Donnelly in recent days, the health minister, calling for urgent sanctions for, for businesses that are in breach of these, of these COVID cert regulations. I think they're critical. Again, another tool in this fight to try and get uh, the virus under control and to get us back to some sort of normality in society. And of course, the big question, the question that everybody, I suspect, wants answered, and it may be an impossible question to answer, is when does this all end? What's the best way for us to get out of the pandemic? Well, the experts are saying that there's still some time to go. Um, it's a very, very difficult question to answer. It very much depends on the evolution of the virus. I mean, if the virus hadn't changed the way it does, I would say that we were back to normal now. One of the key, um, I suppose, issues that we have at the moment in terms of how long is this going to last is that we're coming into a winter. And when you come into a winter time, viruses have a field day in general. OK, it's flu season, it's RSV season. Um, and, and, and I think in the future, we're going to say it's COVID season. So as we move indoors, viruses get a better chance to transmit. So I, I don't think we're going to be out of the woods anytime soon. Certainly not in the next three to four months as we move into the winter. What I do think is, is that as we and, and we've heard already just very recently that the booster program that was rolled out in the last couple of months to the over 80s and people over 65 in nursing homes is starting to impact on case numbers in those in those cohorts. So they are starting to decrease. I think if we can get the booster program rolled out in the next couple of months to everybody over the age of 60, and if that will likely reduce case numbers, if we can get our vaccine rolled out to younger children, that will impact on case numbers. And then we're facing into next year, boosting everybody else. And I think that will put us in a very good position um, to be able to look forward as we kind of move into spring and summer where COVID may not be as rampant. Um, I think we're looking at a lot more normality um, into spring of next year. Um, but I think having those things in place, the boosters, the vaccination for children and broadening the booster programme once somebody's had a vaccine within six months, I think they're all key things about returning to normality. That sounds pretty positive, right? We're facing into this difficult winter, but by spring, this whole nightmare could be coming to an end. 
Well, I'm not sure it's a case of it ending, but a case of us living with it and living with, you know, the talk last year was living with COVID. I think that that's going to become more of a reality. And how do we live with COVID? And as the experts have pointed out, boosters potentially are a way of how we will live with COVID normally. Um, regular, like the flu jab, that you would get a regular boost to your immune system to protect against COVID. And the problem with COVID is, is that it changes. The virus naturally evolves and mutates and it could get more transmissible. It could change. The var variants could emerge that would escape the effectiveness of the vaccines and the protection that we get from the vaccines. So we need to keep watching very closely to see how this, uh, how this pandemic is changing. And we also have to be conscious, conscious of the fact that not everyone in the world has received vaccines. Not everyone, not every country in the world has had the vaccination rates that we have had. And so that leaves the world more susceptible to new variants in circulation. And so while we can say it's important for us to boost our own population, the World Health Organization has said, well, you're giving out third doses to people that have already been in the queue and left the queue. And yet there are people in the queue that haven't even received a first dose. So those are all issues that arise and how we tackle this virus. It is going to be a worldwide fight. So uh, the World Health Organization does have a point in saying that we need to look to vaccinate more people. But it's really a, a watch and see with how uh, this, this virus behaves, how it changes and how it mutates. And unfortunately, that means that it won't be an end of COVID, but just a way of managing COVID um, as best we can. That's it for today. In the News, we'll be back on Friday.